You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. wanted to develop in them an appetite for the heavenly because we're born with a natural appetite for the earthly. And those Israelites wandering in the wilderness, as God tried to teach them this, time and time again, they would say, why can't we go back to Egypt and get the food of Egypt? We're tired of this manna. We're tired of this heavenly food. It was a whole lot more physically satisfying to have the earthly food, the food of Egypt. And so many of them never developed, never learned. What God was trying to teach him. One of the more amazing aspects of our faith is that not only does God want to save us from our sin, but he also wants to raise us up as children of his own. Rather than leave us to our own wanderings, he desires nothing more than to lead us as our father. In today's message, Pastor Danny reflects on how our longing for the things of this world distract us from all that God desires to teach us. In his study, you'll learn that the more you give yourself over to the desires of God, the less attractive the things of this world will be. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of Hebrews chapter 12 for today's edition of The Living Word. Did you know that Jesus himself as a human being, as a man, required discipline to mature? Hebrews chapter 2 verse 10, and bringing many sons to glory, it was fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the author of their salvation perfect, mature through suffering. Hebrews 5 verse 8, although he was a son, he learned obedience from what he suffered and once made perfect, he became the source of eternal salvation for all who obey him. One writer said this, God had one son without sin, but none without suffering. One son without sin, but none without suffering. C.H. Spurgeon said, I'm afraid that all the grace I've got out of my comfortable and easy times and happy hours might almost lie on a penny. But the good I've received from my sorrows and pains and griefs is altogether incalculable. What do I not owe to the hammer and the anvil, the fire and the file? Affliction is the best bit of furniture in my house. Now here's how I want to close. Stay with me here. God has a variety of purposes in discipline. The first one you think about that I've talked about a bit is correction. That's really most of the time the numero uno one that comes up. Uh, Discipline for correction. There's a right response to correction. I'm not going to turn to these scriptures. This, This is all online. As always, you can get the notes online. But David, you know, David, a man after God's own heart, really messed up. Committed adultery with a woman named Bathsheba became an adulterer, and then a murderer. Had his her husband killed so he could have her for himself. And God took him to the woodshed as a result. And he writes in Psalm 38, he writes in Psalm 32, the condition of his life at the time when he was in God's woodshed, physically afflicted. He said, my back is filled with searing pain. God physically afflicted him, spanking him to try to correct him. Now, David responded rightly to God's correction. The psalmist in Psalm 119, verse 67 says, before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I obey your word. David writes in the psalm, one of the psalms, and he says, well, when I, conf- when I wouldn't confess my sin, when I hid it, 
I wasted away. But then when I confessed it, when he repented and confessed it and got right with his heavenly father, he was restored. Some of us would be physically healed because the physical infirmity in our life is a direct result of God's hand, loving hand of correction in our lives. But there's a wrong response. King Asa, 2 Chronicles 16. Overall, a good king. But near the end of his life, he made a terrible mistake, and he went back to the world's way of dealing with the enemy. He tried to buy them off, tried to buy off help. Now, God had already given him great victory by faith over another um, enemy army. And so God sends the prophet to him this time and says, hey, why are you doing it the world's way now, basically? And he gets angry at the prophet, and he gets angry at God. He ends up, the Bible says, afflicted with a severe disease in his feet. But it says he would not seek help from the Lord because now he's got an attitude. He'd only seek help from the physicians. He responded wrongly. King Uzziah, 2 Chronicles 26, says he was successful or he was a godly king until he became successful. And then pride was his downfall. That was his Achilles heel. That was the sin that so easily entangled him. He went and tried to do what only the priests were allowed to do, and he took a censer, went into the temple. Eighty courageous priests confronted him, and instead of him responding rightly, he got angry at them, lashed out at them. God sent leprosy on his life. He became a leper. And the end of his life is sad. He lived alone, out of fellowship, out of fellowship with the people of God. And that's the way he died. Wrong response. Second purpose in God's discipline is education. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. He humbled you, causing you to hunger and then feeding you with manna. That's heavenly food. Speaks of Christ. Which neither you nor your fathers had known to teach you. Education. That man does not live on bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Here's what God was trying to do. He wanted to develop in them an appetite for the heavenly because we're born with a natural appetite for the earthly. And those Israelites wandering in the wilderness, as God tried to teach them this, time and time again, they would say, why can't we go back to Egypt and get the food of Egypt? We're tired of this manna. We're tired of this heavenly food. It was a whole lot more physically satisfying to have the earthly food, the food of Egypt. And so many of them never developed, never learned. Well, God was trying to teach him to develop a heavenly appetite, and it has to be developed. Third, revelation. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 2, listen to this. Remember how the Lord your God led you all the way in the desert these 40 years to humble you and to test you in order to know what was in your heart, whether or not you would keep his commands. I always like to remind us, that's not so God would know what's in their heart. God knows what's in our heart. And so they would know. And so he brought them through these tough times, these tough circumstances, to teach them and to reveal to them the condition of their heart. But so many times they ended up blaming their circumstances and blaming other people and blaming Moses, blaming the pastor, blaming Aaron. Some of you in that situation right now, and you say, it's my wife's fault. I wouldn't be like I am if it wasn't for her. It's my husband's fault. I wouldn't be like, I wouldn't have the attitude I had if it wasn't for him. He's such a dirtbag. 
It's my kid's fault. It's my boss's fault. It's my circumstance. And you blame all these things. And God's trying to say, look, you know, I understand the tough thing, but I've allowed you in this tough circumstance because I want you to know your heart needs surgery. Your heart. And sometimes those tough times bring out the true condition of one's heart. And there's one more. Maintenance. What do you mean by that? Here's what the Apostle Paul wrote, 2 Corinthians chapter 12. Paul the Apostle, one of the greatest apostles, one of the greatest missionaries in all of history. He saw people healed through his ministry. He saw people raised from the dead through his ministry. But verse 7, 2 Corinthians 12, here's what he writes, to keep me from becoming conceited like Uzziah and others. Because of these surpassingly great revelations, there was given me a thorn in my flesh, a messenger of Satan to torment me. Three times I pleaded with the Lord to take it away from me, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardships, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Sometimes to keep us Humble and dependent on God. He leaves the pain for our own good. Story goes like this. There was an old Quaker. He was a farmer. And he once had a weather vane on the roof of his barn on which was written in clear letters for everyone to see, God is love. One day a preacher came by and this Quaker called the preacher's attention to the weather vane and asked how he liked it. Preacher said he didn't like it at all, that it misrepresented divine character. God's love is not variable like the wind. But the Quaker explained that the text on the weather vane was to remind him that no matter which way the wind is blowing and no matter from which direction the storms come, still God is love. The book of Hebrews encourages its readers to discontinue their reliance on the law, the old way of living. Jesus came to fulfill not only the prophecies of a Savior, but also the law itself. He perfectly lived out every word of it, never wavering, and always showing love and kindness. Jesus then became the sacrificial lamb, the one who would die in your place, so you wouldn't need to face the punishment your sins deserve. His blood paid the price. All you need to do is accept it. Are you ready to take this step of faith? Jesus is ready and waiting for you to step away from your old life with loving arms wide open. If you're making a decision for your Savior today, please let us know. We want to pray for you and be available to answer any questions you might have. Please email us at info at ccfstpete.church. 
That's info at ccfstpete.church. We're so glad that you tuned in today to The Living Word. If you live in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you too. Come by Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. to worship the Lord and learn from His Word with us. Be sure to stop Pastor Danny and let him know that you're a listener. You'll find more information and directions at ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, you can still be a part of our virtual congregation. Join our live stream at ccfstpete.church. That's all we have for today. Tune in next time for more from this study in the book of Hebrews right here on The Living Word. 